Good afternoon or good evening to you, depending when you're watching this service. Although I could ask you this question, how are you doing? Unfortunately, unlike being in a normal church service, I'm unable to get an answer from you. I suspect that for many of you, these past few months have been unlike anything that you've experienced before, and you've had to deal with emotions that are not common to you. If you do find yourself in a position where things have been difficult for you, then I trust that the short time that we have together today will minister to you and raise your spirit significantly. Last week, Howard introduced the theme of pursuing mental and emotional well-being. And this week, I'm going to build on what he shared and what Benita shared with us by specifically addressing the issue of anxiety. In putting this together, I've spent some time with those who provide counsel to others. And I've also been able to spend some time with some of you who've had very real struggles in this area. And I was reminded anew of what a great privilege we pastors carry in being privy to some of the intimacies of your faith journey. I've learned so much from so many of you as you've stayed, as you have shared your stories. Stories of your struggles, but also of your victories. Stories of your faith being tested, but also of your hope being renewed. You can look forward to hearing a testimony or two in the course of today's message. And I trust that these will be very encouraging to you. And I want to up front to say a very special thank you to Joshua Walton and to Megan Marie, who will be sharing with us. The Greeks described anxiety as opposing forces at work to tear a person apart. Anxiety is our body's response to worry and to fear. And as such, it does serve a vital response in helping us to stay alert and to stay aware. And a manageable amount of anxiety can actually be quite helpful from time to time. It can motivate us to prepare for an exam at school or finish a task at, at work or even make a big decision. Even happy events like moving to a new home or celebrating a big event can bring up elements of anxiety. Normal anxiety affects all of us and it's related to a specific situation or problem. It normally lasts only as long as that situation or problem is proportional to the situation or problem and can be regarded as a realistic response to a realistic problem. Stress is a common trigger for anxiety and these past months have increased most people's stress levels. If anxiety was never an issue for you before, I hazard a guess that many of you have experienced a certain measure of it at some point over these recent times. The very real challenges coming out of this lockdown time have left many of us anxious about bills, about work, about food, about our children and our family, about money or lack of it, and about what the future looks like. When we speak about anxiety, I think it's important to acknowledge up front that this is a very complex issue and experienced by all of us to various degrees. Some of us experience anxiety as one of our normal human emotions from time to time due to various stresses, while there are others in our midst who can be classified as having an anxiety disorder. It affects us all, but to different degrees, and it's very help for us, helpful for us to know where we fall on that spectrum. The natural response of anxiety can develop into a disorder when it is excessive and difficult to control 
and when it leads to significant distress and impairment. When anxiety becomes overwhelming or unmanageable and it comes up unexpectedly, then it can become a real problem. People may avoid going about their daily lives in order to avoid anxiety. They may experience a lot of uncomfortable physical sensations and physical health problems. Many people say that they know that the anxiety isn't based on reality, but they feel trapped by their thoughts and by their feelings. The distress that anxiety disorders cause is so great that it interferes with a person's ability to lead a normal life. For people with anxiety disorders, worry and fear are constant and overwhelming and can be crippling. Anxiety can just come up unexpectedly for seemingly no reason. And they may experience a lot of unrealistic anxiety that lasts for a long time and may feel just impossible to manage or to control. Types of anxiety disorders include, but are not limited to, panic disorders, generalized anxiety disorder, phobias, post-traumatic stress disorder, and obsessive compulsive disorder. Many anxiety disorders cause people to experience panic attacks which are periods of intense fear. Some interesting worldwide anxiety statistics. Anxiety disorders are the most common class of mental disorders worldwide. In 2017, the World Health Organization estimated that 264 million adults around the globe had anxiety. Of these adults, 63% are female, or were female and 37% were male. In 2009, so a significant time ago, the South African Stress and Health Study found that the anxiety disorder with the greatest proportion of severe cases was panic disorder with 66%, followed by social phobia, 43%, and post-traumatic stress disorder, 36%. And interestingly, the Western Cape had the highest 12-month and lifetime prevalence rates. As you can see, anxiety is a very real issue. And scripture teaches us that God's desire for us is to be free from anxiety. Paul tells us, do not be anxious. Jesus speaks in the Sermon on the Mount saying, do not worry. However, for anxiety sufferers, the journey to healing can look very different for each person. Can God miraculously heal us from anxiety? Absolutely. And that is my first point. God can heal us from anxiety in a moment. God can do anything. Luke 1 verse 37 says, nothing is impossible with God. God can and does heal people from illnesses. I do know of someone who can testify that they experience God's miraculous healing from the anxiety and they have never suffered with this since then. But this is not always how God works. And to be honest, I've heard very few testimonies of this. What I have heard are many testimonies of people sharing this truth of God healing them through a journey or through a process. And that's really what I want to unpack for us today. Healing comes to us in different means, and more often than not, the actual journey to healing is what holds the most significance for people. 
If you're one of those who have prayed for deliverance from your anxiety and have been deeply discouraged because God has not taken it away, I want to speak a word of hope to you today. God sees you where you are now. You are not forgotten by him. You are deeply loved by him. And he will be with you every step of the way on your journey to healing. This is a testimony that I've heard shared by many, many people. And so God can heal us from anxiety on a journey. Don't just limit God to a miracle. God heals in ways that we need, not always in ways that we want. And as I mentioned, healing most often comes through a process. Healing comes through, first of all, prayer. Prayer is not only life-giving and essential in our relationship with Jesus Christ, but is very significant in alleviating anxiety. Howard shared quite a lot in Philippians 4 last week, and I want to draw our attention again to a verse he brought up then, Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I've certainly experienced this peace of God when, when I've come to the Lord with my prayers and my, and my petitions around things that I've been deeply anxious about. And just having that space to be able to, to pour out my heart to him, to articulate my worry and my stress, has just left me with such a sense of having a load being taken off my shoulders. And as the scripture tells us as well, that in bringing these requests to God, we also do it with that spirit of thanksgiving. And I've also found that so helpful in like loading out all my stress and anxiety to God to also couple that with a heart full of thanksgiving for all he has done. And not only does that sense of load being lifted and do not, I don't only just experience that, but also I find there's a bit of a perspective shift as I bring those many offers of thanks to him as well. I'm going to hand over now to, to Ian and to Joshua Walton, who has a testimony to share with us about putting this verse into action by bringing his anxieties to the Lord in prayer. Shelley asked me just to uh, share a little bit about um, what happened to our special guest over here, Joshua, and he's going to talk in a minute about this, but really just a bit of context. Um, Joshi had had a loose tooth for quite a while. He's going through that phase. Let's see your smile. Yeah, lots of loose teeth. But anyway, he had a loose tooth, loose tooth for a while. This is about three or four weeks ago. And um, and he was, he'd heard somewhere that sometimes people or children swallow their teeth. And then, of course, it's a bit of an issue because they've got to go to the hospital or the doctor or whatever and get this tooth somehow removed. I'm not sure if that's true, but he'd heard that. And he was genuinely stressed a few weeks ago because this tooth of his was really loose, but he had to go to bed and he was very concerned about that. And so, um, yeah, he was actually in tears. And and we, you know, I prayed for him and then Shay prayed for him later in the night. And he's going to tell a bit of a story of how that went because what I guess what was amazing, it was maybe the first time that we've encouraged him to really pray in faith and and to trust his father, God, who, who cares about the smallest details, especially when there's fear and well, things we have no control over. And yeah, Josh, let's hear over to you. Tell the rest of the story. 
My teeth was wiggly, and then I was brushing my teeth, and and then my brush hooked onto my teeth, and and then and then it was wiggly, and I was crying, and and then 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 I went to bed and I asked my dad to to pray and, and, I was, and I was scared and, and I asked my dad to pray and he, and, and he prayed that we, that, that, that we have faith, faith, I mean, yeah, faith. And, and then, then, then dad went to bed again and then, and then I went to sleep and then my storm woke me up and and then I was still scared and then and I asked my mom to pray and then then she um, prayed for me and she prayed that that that, that my tooth wouldn't um, um, get swallowed and and that, that I had peace and 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 faith and 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 my mom prayed for me and then my then then as I said then as my mom and me said amen my tooth fought and then landed on the bed and then I picked it up and I said mom my tooth fell out and then and then after I was really happy and when I woke up in the morning I was, I was, I was, I was still remember that time, and and I was, and I was so joyful. Shayla said that when she prayed for him, that early hours in the morning, that she could actually feel his body just, just going from anxious and tight to to just relaxing into her arms. Um, and then the best part is that specific thing he prayed for, which is that the tooth would fall out while he was awake. As she was about to say Amen, his he was like Mom, Mom, and his tooth came out. Um, yeah, and Josh, he's got a little message for us in closing from what he, he's learned from that whole thing and what we've learned through him as well. I have a message um, that God has a plan and, 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 and God is always with you and, and you mustn't be scared. I just want to say a really special thank you to Joshua. There's something very powerful about hearing a child speak these words of truth to us. And just a reminder of how it's the childlike faith that we all need. And so let's remember what he reminded us of today. God is always with you and we must not be scared. I also want to encourage you to use your prayers to also listen and to hear from God. Prayer is a two-way conversation, not just us speaking to God. And we need to take time to listen and hear what God is instructing us to do to overcome our anxieties and to step into his peace. So it's not just about us uploading onto God, but also receiving his revelation from him. Healing comes through prayer, but it also comes through resting on the truths of God's character. I really want to encourage you to actively work at developing a deeper understanding of God and a richer relationship with him. God loves all of you, body, mind, and spirit. And the struggles that you might be going through with anxiety don't nullify God's love for you. 
And I think there's some significant truths about God's character that we really need to press into you and to study because I think these truths can just breathe life into our anxieties and, and bring things into a whole new perspective. And I just want to share maybe three key characteristics about God's character. I think it's so important to remember in the struggle with anxiety. And there are so many more. But I, I mentioned these three because I think these are ones that are so significant and important not to lose sight of when we struggle with anxiety. Because they're often the truths, I think, that come under attack from the enemy. And they're often the truths that we, we doubt the most. And it's so important that we rest on the truths of God's character as revealed to us in Scripture, not on what we might be feeling at any given time. And the three significant truths I want to remind you of. Number one is his love for us. 1 John 4, 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. 1 Peter 5, 6-7 says, Humble yourself therefore under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, why? Because he cares for you. He cares for you. And Romans 8 verse 38 and 39 says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Be reminded of his love for you. Be reminded too and study about his faithfulness. You know, when my faith has taken a hammering for whatever reason, uh, either there's been a lack of breakthrough in an area of my life or the trials and troubles I've been going through have been significant, I have found it helpful to, to think backwards to the point when I last experienced God's faithfulness in my life. In fact, I just need to open my journal and, and see the many occasions that I have it recorded there. And in calling these occasions to mind, I find that my hope is strengthened. God is consistently faithful and I can trust him with my life. And it's so important for us to record those times because in times of doubt and, and tribulation and trial and deep anxiety, it's so good to remind us of those truths. So two beautiful scriptures I want to share with you. Lamentations 3, verse 19 to 23, really articulates this beautifully by saying, I remember my affliction and my wondering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them. My soul is downcast within me. Yet, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The second scripture is from Psalm 77, verse 10 to 12. Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. The other characteristic of God that I really want to encourage you to study and to hold on to at this time is his goodness. We need to embrace not just the sovereignty of God, 
but also his goodness. Psalm 31. How great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you, which you bestow in the sight of men on those who take refuge in you. And then healing also comes through meditating on scripture. Memorizing and meditating on portions of related scripture, the first sign of emotional distress can be very, very powerful. And Megan Marie is now going to share with us very practically how reading through and praying through some specific scriptures actually breathed life back into her in times of deep anxiety. Over to you, Megs. I'm going to talk you through Psalm 62 and Psalm 42 um, and how I used them to meditate on scripture when I was really struggling with anxiety. Now, Psalm 62 verse 3 to me is the best description of anxiety as a Christian. It, the anxiety feels like enemies who are trying to kill me. Um, enemies being the anxiety feelings or um, our enemy, the devil, um, trying to kill me by just overwhelming my body and my mind and tying me all up in um, these anxiety thoughts and feelings. And the, the enemies think that I'm weak. They think that I am just a broken down wall or a tottering fence that they can pull down, that it will be easy to get to me um, by telling me lies. Because a lot of what anxiety is based on is um, lies. And so the enemies think that they can get me. They think that I'm weak. But instead, I turn to God and I pray um, verse 5 to 8. So what I would do is I would breathe in before I read a verse and then I would breathe out while saying it. And I memorized it. I actually had it written on my wall for many years. And I would read this repeatedly. So much so that as soon as I started reading, it would take me back into that place of peace and dependence on God. Just depending on him, waiting quietly for him, trusting him as my safe place, my refuge from these enemies that are trying to get me. He can protect me. He is my shelter. Um... That he is the rock where no enemy can reach me. He is that strong and that secure. And I pour out my heart to him. I put my trust in him and I pour out my heart to him, trusting in him and asking him for refuge. And then verse 1 and 2 as well. I wait quietly from God for my hope comes from him. He is the one that I depend upon. Um, he is the one, the, the fortress where I will never be shaken. Psalm 42 verse 8 was another one I meditated on a lot, and it forms the backbone of some of the tools I'll tell you about later. Um, each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. That to me speaks about a moment by moment um, receiving of his love, where I can just sit under his presence and just have him pour his love out into me in this moment, when I so desperately need it, when I'm crying out to him all through the night, praying to the God who who gives me life. That's such a beautiful phrase to me, praying to the God who gives me life, because that speaks to me about it's him that sustains me. It's him that gives me life in this moment. It's him that holds me together in this moment when I feel like I'm falling apart. It's him that gives me this breath. And when I feel like the feelings are just too terrible and too overwhelming, I can turn to him and he can pour his unfailing love out upon me and carry me through and give me life. The rest of Psalms 42 is amazing as well. Um, verse 4 speaks about how deeply different I felt. Um, 
I used to feel healthy. I used to feel normal. And it, this is just a depiction of how deeply that doesn't feel true and how painful that is, how hard it is to not feel like I used to feel. And verse one and two and three, that speaks to me about pouring that out to God, just pouring out to him how desperately I need him, um, how I long for him and I desperately need him. And then verse five is really, really important. This speaks to me about how there is truth beyond what I'm feeling right now. There is hope. Um, there is hope in God and there is hope for the future and I will be able to praise him again in the future even though that feels so not true right now. Even though right now I'm so deeply discouraged and my heart is so sad and I feel so hopeless, I choose to put my hope in God and to trust that he will carry me through and that he will give me life and he will sustain me um, and I will praise him again. And then healing also comes through addressing our thinking patterns and beliefs. A crucial element of healing comes through addressing the lies that perpetuate anxiety and replacing these lies with truth. Our behavior is so often a reflection of what we feel and think. When God doesn't heal us immediately, we can fall into the trap of believing lies about God and believing lies about ourselves. Romans 12 verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. The thing with anxiety is that it makes something which may not be true seem and feel completely true. It tricks your mind and your body into thinking that lies are truth. We cannot logic anxiety away because it's inherently illogical. And that's why we need to do the hard work of addressing our thinking patterns and addressing our beliefs. God wants to renew our minds and not just reassure them. He wants us to find our identity and our purpose in his truth. And we need to be believing what he says of us and not the lies of this world. It's in Christ that we find our worth and we find our identity. And then we find healing through experiencing God's presence in the midst of anxiety. It's important to recognize that God doesn't promise that we'll never experience difficult trials and difficult times, but God does promise that he will be right there with us when we go through these difficult times. In fact, he knows the story of every fear and anxiety that each of us face because he's been there from the very start. I just want to share a quote from someone who was sharing about their anxiety. And I just thought this one sentence was so powerful. And this individual said, I prayed for my anxiety to go away, but I found something much better. The overwhelming loving presence of Jesus in my life even in the midst of anxiety. How comforting it is to know that we are never alone in our moments of darkness, our moments of pain, our moments of fear and anxiety. 
There are a few scriptures I, I want to leave with you that speak out this truth. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Isaiah 41 verse 10, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. Psalm 94 verse 19, when anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. God wants us to find and to experience his strength in our times of challenge. And then healing comes through the comfort of touch and deep breathing. And again, I want to hand over to Megan, who's going to share with us just some tools that she used in moments of overwhelming anxiety. I want to share with you about the tools I would use in those moments when anxiety would just overwhelm me, where everything just felt too terrible for words. So what I would do is I'd go to the bathroom, which gave me a private space to just be in the presence of God and do what I needed to do. I'd send a text message, in my case, to my mom, asking her to pray, because that connected me with community, made me feel not alone. Um, and of course, prayer, super helpful. And then I would breathe. Now, they tell you to breathe slowly and calmly in and out. At first, that wasn't helpful at all to me because I would focus on my breathing and that would make me stress out more because I'd be like, am I breathing too fast? Am I breathing too slow? Am I gonna like pass out? It was just too terrible. So what I did was I would breathe while singing a hymn. So I would breathe in and then I'd sing a line of a hymn because when you sing, you breathe out. So I'd breathe in and then I'd sing, turn your eyes upon Jesus and then I'd breathe in again look full on his wonderful face and then I just it that just slowed down my breathing in the most beautiful world way and turned my attention to God also what I would do is um my therapist taught me about the helpfulness of soothing touch. So basically when someone gives you a hug or like holds your hand or rubs your back, um, your body releases oxytocin, which is the comforting hormone, um, which helps your body to feel comforted. And of course, then your heart to feel comforted. Now, the amazing thing about oxytocin is that apparently it's also released when we do soothing touch to ourselves, when we give ourselves a hug or when we rub our own shoulder or even when we hold our own hand and so I would do that I would put my arms around me and I would because there was no one else there so I had to do it to myself I would rub my own arm or rub my rub the side of my leg while I was breathing and singing and it just it kind of told my body, told my mind that I wasn't alone. I was here with me and I was being kind to me. Um, and then what I would also do is focus on the physical presence of God, like the tangible presence of God. I would picture him holding me as closely as my skin does, that he was surrounding me and holding me in his arms, um, that his arms were the arms around me. And sometimes there were times when it was so bad, I would breathe in and I just wouldn't even know if I could breathe out again 
or I'd breathe out and I just didn't even know when my ne- where my next breath was coming from because I was just so gripped by the anxiety. And I would just depend on the physical presence of God to almost like, God, will you breathe for me? I don't know if I can. Can you please help me take the next breath? And then he would help me breathe in. And then I'd say, God, I don't know if I can do the next breath. And then he would help me. And they were the most beautiful moments of just experiencing God's closeness, like him enfolding me and being so present with me on the floor in that bathroom. Um, And it shifted me from being in panic and feeling terribly alone and overwhelmed to feeling held and comforted and protected in those moments. And he would carry me through. And then eventually I would feel held enough and comforted enough that I would come through the other side, um, always keeping in mind that it, it does eventually end. And then, and then I would ask God, okay, what do I need to do next? What's my next step? And usually it would be get to get up and get myself a glass of water or um, make a cup of tea. And then he would carry me into what I needed to do next after that. And then healing comes through focusing on the things that we can control. Anxiety can make, make us just feel so overwhelmed and, and we feel overwhelmed and helpless and, and just out of control. But instead of dwelling on those things that you cannot control, you can put time and effort into the things that are under your control. And the first thing that we can address when it comes to the things we can control is some significant lifestyle changes. The first of these would be caring for your body through diet and exercise and sleep. The relationship between food, mood and anxiety is garnering more and more attention. And we know that what we eat does have an impact on our bodies and on our minds. And again, each individual is unique here, and so it's important for us to know what impacts our bodies and what has an impact on our anxiety levels. Um, But for many people, it's advised that decreasing the intake of sugar, caffeine, and alcohol are being really beneficial for reducing symptoms of anxiety. There's so much more you could say about that, but you could do your own research into how you could better care for your own body through what you are putting into it. Getting regular exercise is also important, not just for physical, but for mental health. When you engage in high-intensity exercise, your body and brain produce hormones and neurotransmitters that have a positive impact on your mood, your memory, your energy levels, and your general sense of well-being. Some of these are known as endorphins. Our bodies feel good chemicals. And exercise can help stimulate parts of the brain that aren't as responsive when we're feeling depressed or anxious and can also help to distract us from our worries and anxieties and improve our confidence. Hard exercise is a great way to switch off panic. Sleep disruption as well is a common feature of mental health problems and anxiety is no exception here. You don't have to have a diagnosed anxiety disorder to feel the impact that stress and worry can have on your sleep patterns. And so the question to ask here is what can you do to better prepare your body for a good night's sleep? Another lifestyle change is around the whole issue of busyness. Do we really need to be as busy as we are? 
you know, sometimes being consistently busy is, is our way of avoiding the more important issues of life. And what we avoid is generally the things that are most threatening to us. And sometimes we use busyness to avoid the things that actually cause us anxiety. But this just adds to the power of our anxiety and our fear. We really need to take time out in order to take stock of how we're living our lives. Do you perhaps need to stop in order to face and address some fears that you have been running away from? What are some ways that you can build habits of rest into your life to prevent you feeling overwhelmed and to get the rest and recovery that your mind and your body need? And where do you need to slow down in order to experience more peace in your life? Another very practical lifestyle change is around screen time and limiting screen time. Screen time in general and social media in particular can really cause problems with anxiety. So often spending time on social media can lead to unhealthy comparisons with others. And this can contribute to feelings of being less than and can really hurt one's mental health. When Mike and I were still leading the youth mission trips, we always had a rule of no cell phones or devices um, for the duration of the trip, except for a, a once a day call to parents. These social media detoxes um, were often extremely difficult for the young people in the beginning. But without fail, on every debrief after a trip, someone would comment on just how beneficial and freeing it was for them not to have the devices or phones with them. And it taught them to really live in and embrace the moment and freed them from significant stress from worrying about things happening at home without them. Out of mind, out of sight, out of mind. Screen time is a real reality in our world, but we would do well just to monitor the time spent in this way and that it's the impact that it's having on our emotional health. We would also do well to know our limits in terms of the content that we are able to deal with. We each wire differently, and some people are more sensitive to external stimuli than others. What one person can watch without even flinching can cause deep emotional distress and trigger anxiety in another. So it's up to us to take responsibility for what we allow our eyes to see and our ears to hear. Another area where we can put some control is in the area of our relationships. Conflict can be a cause of anxiety. And so dealing with unresolved conflict would be a really important step in the direction of healing. And also engaging in healthy relationships that just build life into our soul as opposed to sucking the life from it, would also be really important. And the question to ask here would be, are there perhaps some unhealthy relationships that you need to address in your life in order to better guard your heart and also your mind? And then in terms of the things that we have under our control, the last one I want to mention is choosing to live in the now. Anxiety can be induced by fearful anticipation of this unknown future that's ahead of us. But choosing to, to spend our time in the now, in the present, as opposed to living in the past or being 
overly consumed and worried about the future is really, really important for our health. We would all do well to learn to live one day at a time. In fact, Jesus addresses this a bit when he spoke in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6, telling us not to worry about our life. And that last point in verse 34 there is this, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And then God can heal us from anxiety through people. And some of these significant people might be doctors and psychiatrists. If you've experienced high anxiety for a while, then it may be really important for you to speak to a doctor or a professional who has the ability to diagnose anxiety. It's a sadly uh, often a taboo subject in Christian circles. We quickly go to a doctor when our bodies are sick. Why not then when our mental health is compromised? Megan is now going to share with us a bit about her journey with anxiety and particularly her journey to healing in this space. It was in 2010 when I started struggling with anxiety in a very real way. Um, for me, it was triggered by burnout. And I knew I was unhealthy, um, very unhealthy. The people around me knew I was unhealthy, but I refused to admit it. Because for me, in that unhealthy state I was in, the thought of sticking up my hand and saying, I think I need help, was just too terrible. Um, it would feel too much, it, it was going to feel too much like admitting weakness. And it, it felt too much like it would be me admitting that I'm not strong enough to fix this by myself, or my faith isn't strong enough to rely on God for healing. And so I just didn't, I just pretended I was fine. Um, and then eventually, after about a year and a half of struggling, um, which is a long time, one night I was crying out to God and just pouring out to him how terrible I was feeling. And he spoke to me so clearly that night. And he said to me, it was almost like an audible voice. He said, Megan, medication is going to be a means of my grace to you. It's going to be through medication that your healing will come. And that just set me free um, to, to make an appointment with a psychiatrist. And she said, yes, you need to start medication. And she also prescribed therapy. And the experience of that was the most incredible thing. To me, what it felt like was before I started medication, it felt like I was this weak bendy tree that was just blown down to the ground. And I knew there were things that I should do, could do to get myself back upright again, but I just didn't have the strength. I just didn't have the capacity because the anxiety was just crippling me and it was just keeping me down on the ground. Um, and then when I started the medication, it almost, it, it felt like my tree was put upright and there were stakes planted in the ground around it and my tree was tied to the stakes. And then suddenly I was upright. The medication was supporting me to be healthy enough to function, but more than that, to start putting into place the things in my life which would grow my tree trunk thicker and sturdier and able to stand by itself. And so through therapy, I, um, 
I figured out beliefs and ways of thinking that um, were keeping me crippled by the anxiety and I replaced them, um, worked through them, replaced them. Um, I also uncovered habits that I needed to remove from my life um, and then other things to put in place. Like, for example, I was just rushing everywhere all the time um, and it was a coping mechanism for me when I was crippled by the anxiety. But now that I was healthy, I realized I need to stop rushing. And so I, I put more margin into my day and I started waking up earlier so that I didn't rush around and other things like I started journaling and and then also was able to make lifestyle changes like I was able to change my job to a much less stressful job and all of these things which made my tree trunk thicker and sturdier and able to stand upright until finally it was after seven years of being on the medication I realized I am standing upright by myself. The medication is actually, it doesn't feel like I need it anymore. Um, because I knew I had the things, I had the habits in place to keep me healthy. And so I spoke to my psychiatrist and she confirmed that she, that I, she agreed that I could stop the medication. And so I gradually stopped it. I think I think I took about a year um, to, to gradually, gradually decrease the medication. And the day I finally stopped the medication, it was such a proud moment for me because I knew that I had implemented the things into my life that were going to keep me upright and that if things were to happen, if the wind was going to blow and bend my tree a little bit, I knew the things that were I could put in place which would bring me back to being upright and healthy um, and I knew that I wasn't going to need to depend on the medication for that anymore and that's how it's been so that was 2017 that I stopped the medication so it's been whatever three or four years since then and I'm completely medication free and I'm healthy and obviously I have days when the wind blows me and then I put the things well I keep the things in place but then I also implement things to bring me back to health again um, I hope that's an encouragement to you Thank you so much, Megan, for sharing so honestly about your own journey. And I know that it has been a real encouragement to many. God can heal us from anxiety through people. We mentioned doctors and psychiatrists, but there are also other safe people that God can use in our healing journey. And one of the lies of anxiety is that you're all alone. Knowing that you can have someone to reach out to can be a tremendous comfort and a support. And if this is an area of struggle for you, then I really want to encourage you to seek help in having your needs met in this area. This may be in the form of a professional therapist or counselor, but it could be a pastor or a trusted and a safe friend. But it's so important for your healing, for you to find a safe place and safe people where you're able to deal with the problems that are causing your anxiety and fear. We have the freedom to just honestly share your story. We're safe and other people can even help you to potentially reframe your story and challenge some of your perceptions and premises where they need to be challenged. There may be some lies undergirding your thinking that you have not recognized, but others who you share your story with might be able to point out things to you that you've just not been able to see. I want to just end off today by asking this question, how can we support those who are suffering with anxiety? You know, the question could even be asked, why is it important that non-anxiety sufferers understand anxiety? 
And it's important because knowledge is empowering. And for those of us who don't suffer with anxiety, it's so important for us to know about and understand this better so that we can be more empathetic and caring in our support to others. We have got a really significant role to play in reaching out to others in pain and in helping them to bear their burdens. Megan testified to the power of her mother's prayers in times when she had panic attacks. And just knowing that she had her mom there who would pray for her in these moments was a tremendous comfort to her. Who needs your love and your support in this way? The importance of Christian community cannot be understated. We are called to journey together and to be a support to one another. No one should have to go through the struggle with anxiety on their own. We can be those who provide a non-judgmental and caring environment for others' healing. Let's do all we can to make that path to healing um, free and, and healthy for others as well. So just in recapping everything here, God can heal us from anxiety in a moment, but God can also heal us from anxiety on a journey. And sometimes the journey is more important for us than instant release from our anxiety because it's in the journey that our character is truly molded and refined. And healing on this journey comes through prayer, comes through resting on the truths of God's character, his love for you, his faithfulness, his goodness, comes through meditating on scripture, through addressing our thinking patterns and beliefs, through experiencing God's presence in the midst of anxiety, through the comfort of touch and deep breathing, through focusing on what you can control, lifestyle changes like caring for your body through diet and exercise and sleep, lifestyle changes by addressing busyness and limiting screen time. It comes through embracing healthy relationships and choosing to live in the present. And God can also heal us from anxiety through people, through doctors, psychiatrists, through counselors, and other safe people. In conclusion, I just want to read some of the testimony of somebody else from our church community who has struggled with anxiety. And they said this, my story with anxiety is that of suffering for a long time without a breakthrough. God did not remove the anxiety from me up until recently. And the start of that healing came through professional help in the form of medication and therapy. During the process of recovery, I wished that I had received this help much earlier in my life. But on further thought, I see that the Lord's timing for my healing was what it was meant to be. In other words, I can look back at my life and see how God used the anxiety that existed in my life to guide me in specific areas. I believe I may have been less attentive to the voice of God at important life stages had the anxiety not caused me to be so deeply dependent on God. I don't wish those years away, although they were hard years, because I know God shaped and molded me as a person through the challenges of anxiety. Because I suffered with anxiety, I felt that I needed to pray very earnestly that God would lead me into the right career and to the right spouse, two huge life choices because I felt I could not afford to make a mistake in these choices given my condition. 
My anxiety was a conduit to getting closer to God's purpose for my life. So friends, wherever you may be on your journey to healing with anxiety, just be reminded that God sees you where you are now. And he is a God who is always with you, a God who has never forgotten you, a God who deeply, deeply loves you, and a God who will lead you forward on this journey of healing. And a God who's able to use you even in that journey. We don't have to come perform as perfect individuals. In fact, it's often in our brokenness and pain that we're most profoundly used by God. There's a song called Scars by I Am They. And the words say this, Waking up to a new sunrise, looking back from the other side. I can see now with open eyes, darkest water and deepest pain. I wouldn't trade it for anything because my brokenness brought me to you. And these wounds are a story that you'll use. So I'm thankful for the scars because without them, I wouldn't know your heart. And I know they'll always tell of who you are. So forever, I'm thankful for the scars. But now I'm standing in confidence with the strength of your faithfulness. And I'm not who I was before. No, I don't have to fear anymore. And that is my prayer for you. So let's just pray together. Father, I want to thank you so much that you are the God who sees us right where we're at, that you are the God who loves us so intimately, the God who's in fact put us together and created every part of us. Nobody knows us like you do. Lord, why don't you remind us of this profound truth, no matter where we find ourselves in this struggle with anxiety and fear. Remind us that you know us, that you love us, that you have a plan and purpose for us that you're able to use us wherever you may find us and that you are the God who transforms lives. Give us the strength to move forward on this journey, to move forward with our hearts filled of hope, our hearts filled with faith, believing that you can use whatever we have gone through, whatever we have suffered with for your glory and for your kingdom's sake. Father, I just want to pray that you would encourage hearts this morning. I pray, God, that you, as the God of hope, would fill us all with fresh joy and peace as we trust in you. So that, Lord, each one of us may overflow with hope by the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.